0: Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.
1: It's Wednesday, April 26th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Missouri is set to become the first state to restrict transgender care for adult patients when a temporary emergency rule goes into effect Thursday. I don't know what to anticipate.
2: I don't know what kind of paperwork she's going to require. Um, I just, there's just so much up in the air.
1: We'll explore how patients and doctors are trying to make sense of health care in just a few minutes through a conversation between St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Fenton and Danny Wisentowski. Mayor Tashara Jones is defending St. Louis and the diversity that makes it unique. St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Littman reports on last night's State of the City address.
3: Republican lawmakers in Jefferson City are attempting to return control of the St. Louis Police Department to a state-appointed board. Another proposal would install a special prosecutor to handle violent crimes in St. Louis. And unless a judge acts to block them, new rules putting severe limits on gender-affirming care for both children and adults take effect on Thursday. Jones told the crowd, who gathered for her speech at St. Louis University, that Republicans are not doing the work of the people. If these far right-wing Republicans don't want to see the vibrancy and diversity of St. Louis, then they can stay home and watch the Cardinals game on TV. Jones wants to continue anti-poverty programs to reduce the need for people to turn to crime. She also touted her efforts to modernize city government. I'm Rachel Lippmann. St. Louis Public Radio.
1: Members of the Missouri Senate have rejected an effort to put anti-diversity, equity, and inclusion language into a state budget bill. The Post-Dispatch reports a coalition of Republicans and Democrats blocked the move. The language is in the proposed House budget but was removed in the Senate. The plan rejected late last night would have focused on efforts in state government instead of impacting state contracts with private interests. The U.S. Army Corps of Engineers is again saying Janna Elementary is radiologically safe. St. Louis Public Radio's Kate Grumke reports on the Hazelwood District School near Coldwater Creek. In
3: November, the Army Corps presented preliminary results, saying testing showed the school was safe. Now the Corps is releasing the first of three final reports, reiterating that same message. In the report, the Corps says there are not radiological concerns in the school. Multiple reports from the school have had different results— leading to confusion and frustration for parents. In October, a report from a private Boston firm said there was radioactive waste at the school. Soon after those findings were released, the district closed JANA. Since then, the Army Corps conducted more testing and said it didn't find radioactive material above the expected range of background levels. A consultant hired by the school district to test also said the school is safe. I'm Kate Grumke, St. Louis Public Radio.
1: St. Charles officials say an agreement is still in the works after a deadline to give Ameren access to a contaminated water wellfield passed with no deal. The Environmental Protection Agency gave the city and utility until yesterday to reach an agreement involving the Elm Point wellfield. Ameren is taking steps to clean up the area's toxic chemicals that clean heavy equipment. Utility crews have installed subsurface barriers on nearby private property to prevent further water contamination. Governor Mike Parson has appointed three people to the board that oversees the University of Missouri system. As St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All reports, one would break a long-standing trend.
0: The current board members hold seven degrees from Mizzou and none from the other three campuses combined. Appointee Robert Fry would change that. He's a UMKC grad. Secretary of State, gubernatorial candidate, and Missouri S&T alum Jay Ashcroft says all of the campuses need to have representation on the board. I think having more voices involved from different areas helps you to get the best solution and to help you to maybe see unintended consequences that if everyone went to the same school, you might be able to avoid. The other appointees are St. Louis attorney Robert Blitz and philanthropist Jeanie Sinkfield of Westphalia. The Senate is expected to take up the nominations this week. In Rolla, I'm Jonathan All, St. Louis Public Radio.
1: The repertory theater of St. Louis's artistic director is stepping down after five years. As St. Louis Public Radio's Chad Davis reports, Hannah Sharif is taking a job in Washington, D.C.
0: Sharif will leave the theater in June to become artistic director of the Tony Award-winning Arena Stage in Washington, D.C. Sharif was the first Black woman to head the rep and has directed the highest grossing shows in the theater's history. Sharif also led the theater during the coronavirus pandemic, helping to produce virtual shows with other theaters across the country. Sharif says the next leader needs to find ways to keep live theater strong, as many are still dealing with the impact of the pandemic.
2: It does mean addressing some of the kind of systemic issues of our field that we've known were problems for 20
3: years, but hadn't quite figured out how to shift the model in a way. The has
0: forced our hands. The Rep will begin a national search for its leader later this year. I'm Chad Davis, St. Louis Public Radio.
1: Transgender people in Missouri are seeking answers about the future of their health care. A temporary emergency rule from Missouri's Attorney General takes effect Thursday and will put significant restrictions on gender-affirming care for adults. Patients will have to prove they do not have existing mental health problems and had three years of gender dysphoria before receiving treatment. St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Fenton has been investigating the issue, and our Danny Wizentowski talked with her about what she's hearing from patients and providers. Sarah, you've been talking to trans patients. How are they reacting to this
0: news?
3: The two biggest reactions I'm hearing from trans people are fear and uncertainty. The Attorney General has, for the last few months, talked a lot about placing restrictions on who can receive hormones and other treatments, but his language has focused mostly on people under 18. So when Bailey filed the rule earlier this month, it turned out these restrictions applied to people of all ages, and that surprised a lot of patients. The regulations in the rule say people who are already receiving this kind of treatment are exempt from some of the new requirements, Patients have criticized other provisions of the rules, saying they're really confusing or downright impossible to follow. One part of the rule mandates that trans people prove that their gender identity is not being influenced by other people or social contagion, as the rules refer to it. And providers and patients aren't also sure about how regulations will apply to existing patients in the future. For example, will it be something that they retroactively need to prove? I talked to Michaela Joy Kramer, a trans woman who's the executive director of the Metro Trans Umbrella Group here in St. Louis. She said last week's support group for trans femmes was the largest group they've probably had ever. More than 50 people showed up because they're all so worried.
0: To hear a provider say, we don't know, or to hear providers say, yes, you'll absolutely have care. I don't know what, as a trans person to believe right now. And I'm probably the more plugged in person. So
3: beyond just being scared about losing health care, trans people just see this as an attack on their very being and identity. There's a sense that even if they get through this particular emergency rule, there could be more restrictions coming in the future.
0: And for providers and doctors, how are they reacting?
3: Some providers, including Dr. Sam Toktrop at Southampton Healthcare here in St. Louis, are trying to schedule as many patients as they can before the rules go into effect. That's so patients can be exempt from some of those rules, like I described above. I should also mention Toctrop is a plaintiff in a new lawsuit seeking to halt the attorney general's rules before they go into effect this week. Toctrop says the clinic will continue to treat its patients, but he's fielding a lot of calls from terrified people.
0: I I probably had like four or five patients who have uh, reached out to me and said, hey, how much of my, uh, you know, prescription can I get at uh, one time because I need to keep a stock so I can move out of the state."
3: But other providers have told existing patients they can't continue offering them hormones. That's what happened to AJ Hackworth. Uh, He's a 34-year-old transgender man from Springfield. He's been receiving gender-affirming care for more than six years. After the Attorney General unveiled the new rules, A.J. got an email from his provider at Cox Health, and that said after April 27th, under the new rules, he could no longer be prescribed gender-affirming hormone therapy.
2: It's just derailed my entire week, honestly. The provider is saying that she will do everything she can to continue care Um, and that she is there for us. Uh, But it doesn't feel like anything is really changing. I don't know what to anticipate. I don't know what kind of paperwork she's going to require. Um, I just, there's just so much up in the air.
3: Yeah, so to give an example of how up in the air everything is, just two days later, AJ's doctor gave him an update, and he was told his care would not be interrupted as long as he complied with the attorney general's rules. But A.J. says he still isn't sure about what that means and how he can do that. If he has to change doctors or find new therapists, meet new psychiatrists, it's going to take a long time, and that could cause a lapse in his care.
0: So you've mentioned that you've heard a lot of patients are terrified. Where does that terror come from?
3: People are obviously worried about continuing their treatment. So pausing hormones, for example, can cause physical regression, that means a person taking feminizing hormones who stops suddenly could see her body fat redistributed, her hair start growing back on her face, that kind of thing.
0: And and there's also the mental health risks for people who go off hormones. I talked to Axel Pollock, a 24-year-old college student who began his own gender-affirming care in September. He was prescribed hormone therapy through the Gender Center at Washington University in St. Louis. He says that transitioning has felt like freedom and that he and his partner are worried about that freedom being taken away from him. If I have
3: to stop taking my tes- testosterone, it me and him are both scared that my mental health is going to plummet really bad and I'm going to wind up in a constant depressive state, uh, worrying about being suicidal all the time because I can't live with who I was. And that's what I've heard from other patients, including Michaela Joy Kramer from the Metro Trans Group.
0: This is life and death for many people. And to know very close friends and community members who have died by suicide recently as a result of a lack of support in their families, uh, a lack of access to care, it's, it's crushing. You know, what, what could happen in the future here for these folks?
3: So like I said earlier, the ACLU and Lambda Legal filed a lawsuit on Monday to prevent the emergency guidelines from going into effect. That could halt the rules, but there's also the fact that these emergency regulations are set to expire in February of next year. And depending on what laws governing transgender health care the Missouri legislature passes or doesn't pass this session, patients could go back to their original treatment plans. But that also depends on providers' willingness
0: to treat them. And at that point, some people could leave the state entirely. A.J., the person from Springfield, whose doctor halted his care, he says that most of the trans people that he knows have talked about leaving Missouri, but few have the means. He says he wants to continue to stay to help people who can't leave, but he's scared too.
2: I live too far away from any affirming states. So that's another scary part where I'm thinking, like, maybe I should go somewhere else. But where? Where do you go? There are a lot of questions still unanswered
0: about what the future of gender-affirming care will look like in Missouri, and we'll continue
1: to follow them. That was St. Louis Public Radio's Danny Wisentowski speaking with our Sarah Fenton. Jonathan All edited that report. Ashley Listenby is the news director of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt.
3: Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.